0: I want you to take your Bibles this morning and turn with me to Hebrews chapter number 10. Remain standing for just a moment. We're going to read just a couple verses. Uh, Today is really serious. It's really serious. We're just going to tag along a little bit from what we covered last week uh, and talk about uh, life groups just just, uh, briefly in that, uh, but how important assembling together is. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if you're aware, or if you've been paying attention, or if you've been hiding under a rock. Uh, but we're so close to the return of Christ. It's scary. And according to Scripture, it's going to get real bad, real bad. Not better and better and better, as some people falsely teach. It's going to get worse and worse and worse and worse. And I, we're going to look at a group of people today. Uh, In the book of Hebrews that this group of people are second generation Christians they are second meaning meaning they were not there to see Christ but they were won to Christ by those who witnessed Christ if that makes sense amen. (laughs) They are similar to us. We never, we never saw Christ. We never heard Him in person. We never, uh, we were not there when He was crucified. We were not there when He resurrected from the grave. But we got information, and we were shared the gospel, the truth, the faith, and so we became believers. We put our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. So we're in the, we're kind of in the same category with this group of believers. This is about thirty years. This is about thirty years after the resurrection of Christ, uh, the temple is still, this temple is still there. They are still doing sacrificial worship. They are still bringing the lambs. They are still going through the, the, the uh, uh, religion of Judaism and they are being persecuted for their faith. These new Christians, these new Christians who used to be in Judaism are being persecuted. They are being tempted to go back To what they used to be. They are surrounded by false teachers. They are hearing false doctrine over and over and over again. They are being seduced by false teachers. And now watch this now. Listen to this. It would be very easy. It would be easier for them in their life. If they was just to go back. Being a Christian was hard. Following Christ was difficult and it would just be easier if we just went back to what we used to be. And this book is about encouraging that group and letting them know that what you have now is better than what you had then. And I don't have time to go and all that, but I'd show sure love to. Christ is better than the law. Christ is better than the sacrifices. Christ is, he's just better. But in this chapter, chapter number 10, he gives us a statement. He gives us a statement that I, I really, I really want you to, to get a hold of today in verse number, uh, uh 23, we're going to start in verse 23, Hebrews 10, 23. And if you're there say, Amen. amen. let us two words, give it to me, amen. everybody say it, let us Hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, without wavering. He's saying, hold on, don't defect, don't go back, don't walk away. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering. For he is, hallelujah, he is faithful that promised. And let us, let us consider one another. To provoke unto love and to good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is. This was already happening. This was already taking place. They begin to miss here and there. They begin to uh, skip their assembling. They begin to skip uh, attendance to worship and attendance to Bible study. They started skipping and missing out and now they're being persecuted. Now they are being tempted to go back. Now they are struggling with their faith. They are wavering in their faith. They are having a hard time and they're wanting to quit. He says, but exhorting one another, exhorting one another and what? So Say it again. And so as you see the day approaching, let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I'm so grateful for your mercy and your grace. I'm so grateful for your word that's right on time. This is not an a antiquated uh, a document. This is the living word of God that is just as relevant today as the day it was penned down. And Lord, I pray right now that you will speak to every single individual in this room. I pray that you will lay bare their heart, lay bare their mind. I pray, Lord, that you will convict us where we need convicting, challenge us where we need challenging. Oh, God, encourage where we need encouraging. I pray that your perfect will be done today. Don't let me say anything I'm not supposed to. Don't let me forget anything I need to say. And God will be careful to give you all the glory, all the praise, all the honor, everything, because you are worthy of it all. Lord, I pray that you will please touch me. I need you in this hour right now. Lord, I pray. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Guide my words and my thoughts. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people say it. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. When you read the book of Hebrews, you will find that it is very much just like where we are today. Very much just like we are today. Uh, they, as I said earlier, they are second generation Christians. They are, they have heard the word and the gospel from someone else. They have put their faith in Christ. They have walked away from what they used to be their former life, their former way. And now they are being persecuted. Now they are going through tribulation. Now things have gotten difficult and things have gotten hard. It would be so easy to just go back and to just walk back and to just throw in the towel when it comes to their Christian walk and their Christian faith. But the the writer is saying, I need you to hold fast. I need you to hold on, tie a, a, a knot in the rope and hold on. Don't quit. Don't throw in the towel. Don't defect. Don't walk away. Don't be like Judas. Don't be like Demas. Don't be like many others that walked away from Christ to follow him no more. Hang in there and be tough. Hang in there and be tough. If you're taking notes, I want to show you. I want to show you how serious this is. I want to show you how serious of a time that we're living in right now. And how important it is not to forsake the assembling of yourselves together, not forsaking church, not missing church. Listen, we have gotten this idea that church is optional, that church is, 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 is a thing I can do. If I have time, it's on the back burner. If I get around to it, God is not priority in our life. Regular attendance, the surveys have said people consider twice a month regular attendance. Twice a month regular attendance. That is completely, let me just say it, whether you like it or not, that is unfaithful. That is unfaithful. Now, I, I want to show you several things that we need to see today. First of all, I want you to see the reality we face. I want you to see the reality we face. Uh, uh, Why is this such a big deal, preacher? Why are you so concerned about this? Watch what he says in verse number 25. Not forsaking the assembling of yourselves together. That's his concern. That is his encouragement. Listen, he he is bothered. He is worried about the people who have been unfaithful to assemble. But he says this, but exhorting one another and so much the more. Say it with me. So much the more. Say it with me. So much the more. Why? As ye see the day approaching. As you see. There it is. There it is. There is the big deal. As you see the day. What day? What day? Well, if we look in Romans 13. Romans 13 verse 11. It says, and that knowing the time. Knowing the time. That now it is high time to awake out of sleep for now is our salvation near than when we believe. What does that mean? That doesn't mean your salvation as far as your salvation experience the day you confess Christ and got saved. That salvation is in reference to Jesus coming back and saving us from this environment. Are y'all with me? He's saying right here, church, wake up, church, sober up. Church, listen up, because the day is closer than we could ever imagine. It's nearer than we ever believe Jesus is coming soon. Now watch this. He says in verse number 12, the night is far spent. Say it with me. The day is at hand. Say it with me. The, the day is at hand. That's the day that the Hebrew writer was talking about. That day of the Lord. That day of Jesus Christ. He said it is at hand. That means it's within reach. It's so close we can almost reach it. Are y'all with me? Say amen. Amen. Now I know what you're saying. Big deal. Great. Wonderful. He's about to come back. We're about to get out of here. But I I think what what you you are missing is what it's going to be like and what it is like at the return of Christ. Now write these things down. Here's some things that you need to understand about that day. It's going to be full of false teachers. It's going to be full of false teachers. Matthew 24, 11, And many false prophets shall arise and shall deceive. Say that with me. Shall deceive many. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. Do y'all see that? In other words, the closer we get to the return of Christ, the more and more and more deceivers there's going to be out there. The more false teaching is going to be out there. The more false doctrine is going to be out there and we're going to be surrounded by it. We're going to be inundated with it. We're going to see it on the internet. We're going to see it on TV. We're going to see it in the news. It's going to be bombarding us with all of this false doctrine. And according to scripture, it's going to cause many to get cold on Christ. I I dare to say there's many in here today that you're not as hot as you used to be. You're not as on fire as you used to be. Listen, you're here and there. There was a day when you was at everything the church offered. You was at everything that the church provided. You was at Bible study. You was at life group. You would not miss a service for no reason, no shape, no form, no how. And now we're just hit and miss. Let me tell you something. You've been deceived. Love has grown cold in your life. Look what it says. Look what it says. The iniquity shall abound. I have I've been I've been watching <clears throat> I've been watching uh, TV shows. I've been watching TV shows about aliens and 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 about uh, uh, what the professors and science is teaching people today. I mean with, with the straightest face you've ever seen, uh, they are teaching that we have been seated on this planet by aliens. That we have, their microorganisms have come into this planet from Mars. And I know you think, oh, that's so, so." you don't understand. That's not a big deal to you. But your children are being force fed this in schools, in this public school system, and in the colleges. And they are believing it. Why, Why do you think we have Bible study? So you'll know the truth. So that when you go out here, you are not deceived. It's not so we can have something to do. It's not to just take something up on Wednesday night. Why don't we just have a Bible study? No, no, no. You need to know the truth. They are being deceived, deceiving and being deceived. And the Bible says that closer we get to that day, the worse it's going to get. And if you don't know the truth, you're going to be deceived. Deception, false teachers. Not only that, perilous times. False teachers, perilous times. Second Timothy 3, this know also, Paul's telling Timothy, that in the last days, that in the last days, perilous times. Perilous means dangerous. It means difficult, trying. The last days are going to bring perilous times for the believer. Men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce. Watch this now. Read it with me. Despite, come on, everybody, read it. Despisers of those that are good. Look what Jesus said. Jesus said in John fifteen eighteen, if the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. If ye were of the world, the world would love his own. But because ye are not of the world, I have chosen you out of the world, wherefore the world hateth you. Remember the word that I said unto you, the servant is not greater than his Lord. Read it with me. If they have persecuted me, they will also persecute you. Read it again. If they have persecuted me, they will also persecute you. 2 Timothy 3, verse number 12. yea. Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. Now let me say this. Let me say this. I am, I am, I am very well aware of the atmosphere we're living today. Man, the Holy Spirit has really... Just opened my eyes and has and revealed where we are at in the persecution that's coming. I was, in a, I was in a board meeting. I was in a board meeting Friday morning. We've had one of our missionaries beheaded in Southeast Asia. We've had several, several arrested There were many that that, that found books with, with, you know, in our DMD books, we will have a list of 30 that we're praying for and we're wanting to witness to and we want to win to Christ. And they were all Hindu names. And they were all arrested. They're facing a long time in prison, they are going through persecution. And it's very easy for us to sit here in a free country and feel like that's a million miles away when we have no idea that right across the border, pastors are being arrested in Canada right now for simply declaring what the Bible says. It is already happening here. It has already happened with Christian business people who want to follow their convictions. It is happening, guys. Persecution is already here. And it's going to get worse and worse and worse and worse. I'm just telling you. We cannot abandon worship. We cannot be unfaithful to assembling ourselves together. Because the worse it gets, the more we're going to need each other. Listen. Christians gathered together in the catacombs. What what do you mean, preacher? In the graveyards. Underground. Because they were being burned at the stake. They were being fed to lions. and, And listen, they thought it was so important because of what they were going through to gather together that they hid out doing it. They did whatever it took to assemble. And we do whatever it takes not to. You know why? Because we haven't faced it yet. But ladies and gentlemen, I'm telling you, it's coming. Persecution is coming. Persecution is very purifying. Persecution will, will, will sift the tares from the wheat. Persecution will really tell who's who. Think about this. Think about this. The greatest, the greatest defection that's ever taken place in Christianity happened in 2020. The greatest number of people that walked away and quit following, quit being faithful, quit attending, was in 2020. Churches closed down. Ministries were in dire straits because people walked away. People walked away. And most of that, I hate to say it, most of it just because they got out of the habit of going to church. Now, if people, that many people walk away because they got out of the habit, how many is going to walk away when there's a gun pointed at them? Listen, we need to be faithful. He says we cannot forsake the, ascent. the reason you're struggling. The reason you're struggling. The reason that your faith is wavering. The reason that you're being so tempted to go back and to quit, and it's easier to go back, is because you're forsaking the assembling of yourselves together. And the closer we get to that day, we don't need to do less, we need to do more. Listen persecution. It was happening then, it's happening now. False teachers. How about this? Demonic temptations. I hate, I hate to bust your bubble, but demons are real. Look what, he, look what Paul told Timothy. Now the spirit speaketh expressly. Expressly, that means pay attention. This is a big deal. That in the latter times, some shall what? Some shall depart from the faith. Why, why does this happen? Giving heed to seducing spirits. That's talking about demons. And doctrines of devils. I don't know. I don't know in my lifetime of a time that there is so much demonic activity than in the time we're living in today. According to Revelation, the Bible says that devil knows that his time is short. Listen, demons are real. Demons are real. Devils are Real. They didn't stop being in existence in Bible days. They are today. You cannot tell me half the garbage is coming down the pipeline in our politics. The trans agenda, the abortion agenda, pushing, pushing the idea that you can abort a baby in the very end of the pregnancy. Or when it's born, just lay it over there and let it die in peace. You cannot tell me that's not demonic. And we are, we've got, when I say we, the church has got our head in the sand like we're just, listen, we're fine, everything's good. No, 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 no. We are in a battle. We are in a war. The word says we wrestle. That means hand-to-hand combat. We wrestle against these demons. We wrestle against these devils. They are organized, they are powerful, and they are real. Today, today we face a reality, a terrifying reality. We're at war. We're at war for our children. You read the headlines, the government is trying to take your children. Your government is trying to tell you that they own your children, not you. They determine what they teach them, not you. That's demonic. That is completely going against the word of God and the family order. That is demonic. And we're just playing church. Going when we feel like it. Going when it's casual. Going when it's it's convenient. Ephesians 6.12 For we wrestle not. Against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Listen, this is is serious. This is serious. Then we see, do I need to say any more about the reality we face? Does everybody understand where we're at? This is for real. It's so easy. It's so easy to get complacent in a free country. But ladies and gentlemen, I'm afraid to tell you, we're not going to be free long. We've already lost more freedoms than we could ever imagine, and it's happened so fast we've never seen it. If you you quote a Bible verse, you're a bigot. You're a hater. And there's already legislation in in the pipeline to make it illegal to just say what the Bible says. It's already there. Listen. So what do we do? The persecution is already there. The, 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 The false teachers are so prevalent. There's so much false doctrine out there so much deadly influence so much demonic activity we see the responsibility we find the responsibility we find look at the exhortation that we hear look what he exhorts exhortation means this is the teaching this is what he encourages look what he says in verse 24 let us consider one another let us consider one another he says, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, exhorting one another. So much the more as you see the day approaching. Here, here's, here's the first thing. I wrote just three things down right here, and, 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 and it's not a blank, it's right there. First of all, he's saying, uh, ladies and gentlemen, as children of God, you need to think about somebody besides yourself. Let us consider one another. Now, in context, In context, everybody look at me. In context, he's saying this. When it comes to church attendance, when it comes to assembling together to worship, when it comes to assemble together in life groups for for encouragement and serving and loving one another, when it comes to assembling for Bible study so you could be educated and and strengthened to fight the false doctrine out there, when when he says this, he says, I don't want you to just think about yourself when it comes to assembling. I want you to think about others. When we think about this all the time, we usually say, well, I don't need that. I'm good. You're failing to understand that someone else needs you. Martin Luther said this. I read this quote. Martin Luther said this. God doesn't need you to go to church, but your neighbor does. Let that sink in a minute. God doesn't need you to go to church, but your neighbor does. Your neighbor needs you to be faithful. Your neighbor needs you to grow in grace. Your neighbor, because if we don't, we're going to be just like the heathens in this world. Preacher, what are you saying? I'm saying this. I'm saying this. Think about somebody besides yourself. Think about, and by the way, by the way, when you say, I don't need nobody, you don't even know what you're talking about. You're just ignorant. Yeah, I said it. Ignorant. Ignorant. You don't know. You don't realize. Everybody needs somebody. Everybody. If the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the the God-man in his darkest hour was begging his disciples to be with him because he didn't want to be alone in that time, don't tell me you don't need somebody. Listen. Consider others. He said, let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. You say, why do we gather in life group? So I can encourage you to keep on keeping on. Amen. Why are we assembling together? By the way, by the way, if the only encouragement you get is from this pulpit, we ain't doing it right. You should get encouragement out in the parking lot from some one of your neighbor's. You should get encouragement in the foyer. You should get encouragement from somebody at the coffee counter. You should. Why? We're supposed to be encouraging one another. Who did you encourage today? Who did you walk up to and say, man, I'm glad to see you today. It has made my day to see you. God bless you. Can I pray for you? Or did we just stay singularly focused on our own needs and don't bother me with nothing else because I got my own problems. then we ain't doing it right. You know what I found out? That if I will help and focus on others, God will take care of my problems. Amen. Preach on, preacher. Just hunker down right there. Just preach on. Let us consider one another. When you think about quitting life group, have you thought about the people that need you? When you think about not showing up at church, I don't need to go today. Did you think about the people that needed to see your smiling face and hear your encouragement or needed that that piece of candy you always give them? We don't. We don't think of others. The Hebrew writer is telling these people that are wanting to quit and they've been forsaking the assembly together. He said, I need you to think about somebody besides yourself. Think about others. Then look at number two. What's number two say? Say it again. Say it again. Look what he says. Verse 25. This is the exhortation. This is what he's exhorting us to do. Think about others. Verse 25. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. Faithfully assemble. Faithfully assemble. Now I don't know what your idea of faithful is. But faithful is if you're not here, I'm wondering where you are. Not, I'm wondering if you're going to be here today. We have this, we have this, I don't want to say way of counting. But we have people that are here one Sunday a month. We have people that here two Sundays a month. If you was to put everybody in the same category and we all come at the same time, we wouldn't be able to fit in this building. Because everybody's got their idea of what faithful means. I think we need to, I think we need to, really, we need to really evaluate that. Faithfully assemble. And I'll get to more of that in just a second. Then, number three, he says exhorting That means encouraging, inspiring, cheering on one another, and so much the more. Why would he say so much the more? Because the writer knows that times are going to get worse and worse and worse. You're going to go out of these doors and you're going to go through hell on earth. And you're going to need somebody that's got the same thing in them that's in you, talking about the Holy Spirit, to come alongside of you and say, hang in there. I know it's rough right now, but God is faithful and we will get through this together. This church idea of gathering together, this ecclesia, this congregating, coming out from the world and coming together and gathering together, this was Jesus' idea because he knew that times were going to get so difficult that we could not be long-ranger Christians, we would need each other. Amen. Amen. I need you to encourage me. I need to encourage you. there needs to be encouragement in the parking lot, encouragement in the pews. Look around, smile at somebody. don't just come in here and send a, like a nod on a log. You're here to encourage. Are you encouraging? Are you encouraging? You shouldn't leave and say, boy, I got encouragement today. You should leave and say, boy, I encouraged some people today. And I guarantee if you come with a, the, the, the attempt to encourage, you're going to get encouraged. Amen. Oh, we're so backward. We're so backward about what this is all about and why we do what we do. It's getting worse, and it's going to be worse. We need each other. We need to be faithful. We need to encourage one another. Let's look at the example that we have. Let's look at the example that we have. If you go to Acts two, if you go to Acts two, you'll see the early church, the the new believers. This is after Pentecost. Then they that gladly received his word were baptized, and the same day there were added unto them about three thousand souls. There's your mega church, and they. Oh boy, we got some mad folks in here today. And they. And they. Now. Continue steadfastly. Before what we say what they continue steadfastly in, let's look at what that means. Look at the bottom of that, that that verse of scripture. I put the definition. Earnest towards, constantly diligent, to attend assiduously. Yes, I had to look that up. <laughs> it means regular. It means consistent. And pardon the pun, it means religiously. They were consistent. They were regular. They were steady. They persevered. All to attend assiduously all the exercises of. What do you you mean? Whatever the church offered, they were in. Look what it says. They continued steadfastly in the Apostle doctrine, that's teaching, that's teaching, that's Wednesday night, and fellowship, that's life groups, breaking of bread, and in prayers, and fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles, and how many? All that believe were what? Together, and had all things common. They sold their possessions and goods and parted them to all men as every man had need, and they... You want to know what faithful is? Say that. They? Hello. With one accord in the temple. That's worship. And breaking bread from house to house. That's life groups. Did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church such as should be saved. Preacher, what are you saying? The Christian walk was not a Sunday thing to these people. It was a daily commitment to the cause of Christ. Some of you guys in here, you don't even know where your Bible is. Except for Sunday. You walk out of here. And you forget everything and you go back to what you used to be and you still are throughout the week. And you hurry up and try to muster up the strength to get back here on Sunday. But to the early church, Christ was everything. Every day. They were the church. I didn't say they go to church. They were the church every day. If they gathered, they were there. There's something about baby Christians that's got that excitement. The funniest story I ever remember with my father, when he first got saved, he was so on fire for God and so excited for God. If it was in the bulletin, he showed up. He went to the women's auxiliary. (laughs) And they made him go home. (laughs) This is not for you. But you know what he said? It was the church. And if it was something to do with the church, I want it. Where has that gone? Oh, the preacher's expecting us to do something else. Listen, let me, can I be real just a minute? If we were having activities just so that we could, for the sake of having activities, that would be one thing. But we come together to worship to inspire each other and encourage each other. We gather in life groups to we care one for another and love one for another and be there one for another. Brother brother Fry, you told me yesterday that when you went there for that brain surgery, your group was there loving on you, praying for you, and helping you through that, and it meant the world to you. Did you not say that? Listen, that's what it's for. There's a purpose. That is a perfect example of what one for another means. Well, what about Bible study? Is that a big deal? That's not. we, you know, we can listen. The Bible says in the last days, there will be deceivers being deceived. There will be demonic doctrine and doctrines of devils. And you need to know the truth. So what do we do on Wednesday night? Verse by verse, we go through the word of God so you will be strong, so you will be knowledgeable, so you will have the word of God in you. So you will know the truth and you won't be deceived. Are y'all with me? Listen, we we, we have the perfect example by the the early church in the book of Acts in chapter chapter number two. They continued steadfastly. Steadfastly. Listen, here's our fear. Lastly, preacher, you seem mad. Let me help you understand something about the Johnsons. <clears throat> the Johnsons are my father's mother's side. That's why I didn't say Carters. Carters were laid back, they were chill. But on my, my grandmother's side, on my dad's side, they were the Johnson's and they had issues. <clears throat> they had temper problems, but it wasn't like a, a temper tantrum type problem. It was, this is the response. And it, and it happens all the time. I'm telling you, it, I, I've seen it over and over and over and over and over again in our family line history. I mean, prime examples that when we get scared, we get angry. We get scared, we get angry. My my grandmother, my, my dad's mom, we were all the grandkids, was in uh, my aunt's room, we were playing the arcade, the the the, the Atari. Remember when Atari first came out? My grandmother babysat, babysat some some children, toddlers, and, and 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 there was no air conditioning in the house back then, and, and there was she had a fan that didn't have a cover over it. And we had the fan going in there and the baby come in the room with us and the fan fell over. Well, my grandmother thought the baby fell in the fan. So she come in the room and just hollering, y'all get out of here, y'all get out of here. And my brother, he stood up and said, we didn't do nothing. (laughs) Pow! (laughs) And it stunned him so bad, he didn't move. He was paralyzed. So pow again! The second pal woke him up <laughs> What happened? What happened? Her fear was manifesting anger i was in the, i was in the I was in the bedroom, minding my own business. Tammy and her mother and the girls was in the in the kitchen and Tammy had one of them gowns on with little frilly stuff on the arm. And she reached over the the stove and and the frilly stuff caught on fire. And all I hear is screaming and holler. "Ah!" So I'm thinking somebody has broken the house. I jump up out of the bed. I was watching TV. I run down the, the hallway and I come in the kitchen and I see chaos and disorder and a fire on my wife's arm. And, and, and I'm on fire. I said, stick your arm in the sink, woman. Whole sink full of water. It didn't come out right. I'm on fire and you're hollering at me. I didn't mean to. It was the Johnson. Fear manifests itself in anger. Now, I know you think I'm not going anywhere, but some of y'all think I'm mad this morning. I'm not mad, I'm scared. I'm scared for you. I'm scared for the casual Christian in here that's not taking this seriously. Why? Because this is what's going to happen. Look at number three. Here's the results we fear if we fail to be faithful, to symbol. First is deception. First is deception. Paul warned Timothy, "For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust, they shall heap upon themselves teachers having itching ears. Read it with me, verse four, and they shall and shall be turned unto fables. We're, we're talking about people who used to sit in church. Second Timothy 3:13. Second Timothy 3.13 read it with me real loud but evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse deceiving and being I'm not mad I'm scared I'm scared you see because when deception takes place then B write this down then defection takes place Defection takes place. 1 Timothy 4 1. Now the Spirit speaketh expressly, read it with me, in the latter times some shall depart from the faith. Read it with me, in the latter times some shall depart from the faith. Giving heed to the deception, the doctrines of demons. 2 Thessalonians 2.3 Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come. Read it with me. Except there come a... And that man of sin revealed, the son of perdition. The word defection means want or failure of duty, particularly a falling away, apostasy. The act of abandoning a person or cause to which one is bound by allegiance or duty or to which one has attached himself. And write, write this down. Write this down. I didn't put this in your notes, but I added this this morning. C. Just write it underneath. Destruction. Destruction. Everybody look at me for just a minute. Everybody look at me just for a minute. I cannot tell you how many times I have seen people who were on fire and faithful. Look at me, everybody. Look at me. Don't miss this. I can't tell you how many times I've seen people on fire that didn't miss a thing that was faithful, that was involved, that was serving, that was active, slowly drift. An event took place and they had to miss here and something came up and missed over here. To the point that they stop group. They stop Wednesday night Bible study. They're still coming on Sunday, but it's periodically. And without fail, I have watched people go through this process and see their marriages destroyed. See their lives destroyed. See their kids stray from God and just turn into heathens. And they wonder what happened. I'm not mad. I'm scared. I'm scared. I'm scared because I see the real atmosphere out there. I can see the demonic activity. I can see the, 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 the total influence of Satan on this world. And I'm seeing people that are not taking it seriously. And as the manner of some is, they're forsaking the assembling of their together. This is serious. We're not, we're not on the playground. Satan does not play games. He's in this for keeps. The devil's as a roaring lion who roameth about seeking whom he may... And some of y'all, you're being culled from the herd. If you ever watch National Geographic, you'll watch the Lions, they'll try to pick apart the weak, they'll try to pick apart the young, they'll try to pick apart those who are not paying attention. And if they ever cut them from the herd, they're done. Let us hold fast. Let us consider one another. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as we see the day approaching. And all God's people say it.